Witches are reawakening to their power all over the world right now. The world is being reclaimed. We celebrate in gratitude. Welcome to Bossy Bruja Podcast with your host, Ayodele Fuega of BossyBruja.com. Ayo is here to encourage and inspire you to live your best, most enchanted life. On this podcast, we'll discuss magic, empowering ideas, powerful spiritual practices, and books to support you on your path. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so grateful you're here. Here's Ayo. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Bossy of BossyBruja.com on Instagram and Bruja Training on Kajabi. I'm so excited to be sharing ideas, practices, tips, and personal philosophies with all of my students. We have nearly 400 students, solid, strong, beautiful community. I spent this evening responding to over 250 comments on the website. It was a wonderful time. I learned a lot. Um, it's a beautiful exchange. So if you're interested in joining, go to bruja.training, B-R-U-J-A dot training, and it should bring up the website. You get two weeks free as of this recording. And after that, it is $44 a month, and many people are saying that this is an excellent investment. One girl even said it's the best thing she did. So join for a couple weeks, see if you like it. If you do, stick around. If not, we love you. So today's topic is a really important one. Um, this is a lesson that my mother impressed upon me in no uncertain terms, when I was a teenager. And the topic today is about your associations, your friendships, the people that you spend the most time with, the people you talk to the most, and really taking kind of a deep dive into uh, thinking about these relationships and figuring out how they are affecting you and impacting you. As a spiritual person, as an entrepreneur, as a mother, a spouse, uh, or parent, a spouse, as a student, um, in your effort and in your work to achieve your goals, to draw your dreams down into the earth plane, to manifest your desires, how are the people who are closest to you impacting you, affecting you, and is this even something you've ever considered, right? I was listening to Gary Vanderchuk today and he was talking about this concept uh, that Jim Rohn shared with the world, right? That you are the sum average of the five people you spend the most time with. So in terms of health, in terms of finances, in terms of joy, and uh, emotional and mental uh, states and uh, levels of well-being, in terms of health, you are the sum average of the five people you spend the most time with. Gary said this is something you could absolutely take to the bank, and I completely agree with them. I agree with them primarily because this is something that was a part of my training growing up. My mother was very serious about the people that I spent time with, uh, and this became extremely evident to me 
I mean, she kind of forced me to be best friends with her best friend's child <laughs> because, you know, she knew that child's um, influences. She trusted her best friend, et cetera, and so on. But it became really obvious to me and clear to me that this was something that was super important to her when I was in middle school. When I was in middle school, I made a friend. Her name was Latasha. And we were friends for one or two years. And she started, you know, claiming me as her best friend. So that was my best friend. Now, when we went to high school, I was 14 and she was, I think, 16. And she ended, or maybe 15, pretty young, you know. She ended up having her first child, and I was so excited for her. She invited me to the baby shower. I've told the story a couple of times where I went and I blew my entire check. I started working when I was 11 for my mother, but um, I started working outside of the home when I was 15. So I took my whole check, and I went to Toys R Us, which used to be <laughs> um, a company where you could shop for children's toys and other items. And I blew the whole check, purchased all these little things for her baby. And because I didn't drive, I bicycled all the way from my house to her house with two huge bags attached to my handlebars. <laughs> and my mother, when she found out what I had done, she was pissed. She was not, <laughs> she was not in favor of her 14 year old first of all blowing a whole check and going to a baby shower it just was not <laughs> the kind of event um maybe you know that she would have preferred that I be going to um and the reason for this let's cycle back uh really quickly here because the reason for this is that my mom really became strict with me around the age of 12 okay now a lot of you already know I grew up Pentecostal Christian and the term soul contracts and soul ties and I assumed the term generational curses as I had an idea of what that was around uh, the age of 12. What happened in my family is that my great-grandmother gave birth to my grandmother when she was 15 and that my grandmother gave birth to my mother when she was 14 and that my mother became pregnant for the first time when she was 13. So I had already hit puberty and by the time I turned 12 my mother <laughs> went from being my absolute best friend, my confidant, to kind of turning on me a little bit. And I didn't understand that what I was experiencing from her was this overprotective uh, sort of thing. She became super strict and it was, I mean, we've never had a conversation about it. It was actually in prayer and in conversations with spirit that I realized that that shift happened because I turned 12. And in turning 12, it was it was go time. It's like, is my daughter going to, you know, com continue this pattern? And that was my first understanding of generational curses. So that's the thing that happened in my family. Now, I didn't even have sex till I was like 20, 19, 20, okay? 
Um, however, because my mind was so afraid of, you know, becoming pregnant and disappointing mom, I got pregnant the first time I had sex. I don't, you know, that, that that's beyond the scope of this <laughs> podcasting conversation. We'll come back to that another time. Um, really interesting, fun story. But anyways, what I realized when I was 14 is that my mother did not want me under the influence of a young mother, even though she herself was a young mother. She had me, though, when she was 20. She actually lost. Uh, the baby she became pregnant with at 13. I'm her firstborn child, and she ended up having me when she was 20 years old. So she already began the breaking, right? And I completely burst through uh, that particular cycle of my family. And, you know, I'm grateful that I did. I've been able to enjoy a lot of uh, prosperity, a lot of work, a lot of uh, wonderful experiences, a lot of freedom, a lot of uh, time in my 20s to make the just craziest, wildest decisions <laughs> with myself. Um, and, you know, I didn't have to go through that with a little human attached to my hip. So I'm glad that, you know, I was able to have a different path than my, my grandmother, my, my great-grandmother. Now, the influence of hanging with a girl who uh, had just had her first baby. I was super excited. I love children. Uh, right now, as I record, this is 3.57 in the morning. And one of my business partners is getting her hair done by the stylist. And three of her daughters, she decided to bring three of her daughters. Uh, and they're all laid all over the house. And it's so sweet. Such a sweet, princessy... Uh, shimmering energy from young girls that I really enjoy uh, having in the house. But um, I love children, you know. I was super excited from a friend, but my mother had a really serious conversation with me when I got home. She said, you know, she's a mother. You're a 14-year-old little girl. You two don't have anything in common anymore. And what she, she said that she could see is because I was not allowed to go clubbing as a little girl, as a kid. Uh, what she could see happening is that I would become the babysitter for this girl and that the relationship would be ruined anyways. And she told me that that was the end of that friendship and I was not allowed to see her anymore. And, you know, that was that. <laughs> and to be honest with you, um, I went on to enjoy my first job uh, at CeCe's Pizza and McDonald's. And then when I turned 17, I started working, I think I was 17, was I 17? I was either, I think I was 17. I started working um, at a yoga studio. And that's where I met my first witch, my first shaman. I started taking classes, learning astral projection, meditation, yoga asana, chakra dancing. Started working with crystals, got my first oracle deck. Then my second oracle deck, I worked there for two years. And that's really where <clears throat> all of the resources came uh, for me to begin building my personal library, which I love showing photographs of. It's one of my biggest flexes. <laughs> Look at my library. Um, and that, you know, I would spend no less than 
of every single check I ever received on my spirituality, on the books I was reading, and on crystals and cards and all these fun things. And my mother never, ever, as Christian as she is, had an objection to that. She never had an objection to me going to Barnes and Noble and spending half of my check. She never had an objection to me spending that money however I wanted to, really. It was never um, her asking for anything. It was never her counting my money. So there was a lot of, you know, nice financial freedom that happened there because, you know, instead of hanging out and instead of being somebody's probably not paid babysitter, um, I went to work. The reason that work was a natural choice for me is because my mother um, opened her first home-based business when I was 10 years old. I started working for her when I was 11 years old, and I worked for her until I turned 15, and it was in high school when I started working outside of the home. So she was my, you know, most consistent and most uh, prominent uh, example and influence. I saw her working, so I started working. Uh, so that's where a lot of my work ethic comes from. That and one of my other close friends, uh, who is also cancer son woman, very hardworking, uh, like my mother. And, you know, these influences, seeing these examples have contributed tremendously to me over the years. I find that, you know, because I established this habit of working when I was so young, I'm actually not very attracted to people who don't like work. <laughs> I'm not really attracted to people who are lazy. I'm not really attracted to people who just want to hang out or go to the club or go drinking. Like, these are not influences that I had when I was young, so I'm still not attracted to them. I'm still more likely to meet someone for, you know, a run to the bookstore where we spend virtually no time talking because we're going through the books, <laughs> um, you know, and I'm, I'm into my 30s. So influence, I think, is real. I think that it's the people. I think it's the environment. I think it's the habits you establish when you're young. The fact that I started practicing yoga when I was 17, it's not because, you know, anyone in my family even knows what the hell yoga is or ever practiced it. It's because I was working at a yoga studio where I was surrounded by hundreds of middle-aged white ladies who love their yoga asana, okay? And I started practicing and I practiced consistently for years until I became a teacher on my college campus without being certified because I didn't even know, oh, I have to be certified, do I? Well, I've been practicing for two years straight. I've, took, I've taken, you know, by the night, I've taken countless classes. Um, so all that to say, the activities that you engage in, the habits you have, because I really don't think that this influence thing stops in youth. You know, there were old ideas in neuroscience community that, you know, once you reached adulthood, your brain became static, but that's not true at all. Your brain is plastic. It continues to be affected and changed by everything you experience, every conversation, every habit, every person, everything you see. So when you think about this and you know, 
fact that your brain is connected to every function that happens in your body, um, everything that you're able to do, you know, you can become a little bit protective of it, especially if you're a parent and you have children, um, you know, enforcing some standards around who the children hang out with. You know, I'm not a mother, so I don't really get too much into telling people how to handle their kids. But I will tell you, grown person, whoever's listening to this, uh, that parenting yourself in this regard is still extremely helpful. The thing that allowed me to start my business is that I got away from everyone Everyone that I knew besides my mother <laughs> was a nine-to-fiver, and I didn't want to be a nine-to-fiver. So I went into solitude. And before I started my business, because I really didn't trust that I would be able to um, take care of my responsibilities. So before I went into owning a business, I became an entrepreneur, um, not an entrepreneur, a contract worker, working for Lyft. Uh, because I figured, you know, this is the same kind of situation. There are base pays. At that point, I would get paid a certain amount of money regardless um, as long as I was logged in. But it was, for me, like a test. Like, are you going to show up and handle your responsibilities and do the things you need to do? Yes or no. And I discovered in myself that I was more than willing to show up. Instead of working less when I was setting my own hours, I worked more. And so being off to myself, challenging myself in that way, and consciously removing myself from people who are not interested in working as much as I was, changed everything for me. So I believe that this kind of parenting myself and being very intentional about the people I spend time with was everything. This is why I love my new online training portal at Bruhada Training, because I'm surrounded by people who are eager to establish a very consistent, disciplined, scheduled practice for themselves. And that is helpful to me. As someone who works a lot, having a schedule for personal time, for date nights, for moments of rest and study as well as for my personal spiritual works and not just the ones I do for other people is extremely important and it's become more important to me over the past year as work has increased. So I prepared a list of uh, questions here for you just so you can start to take inventory of your relationships and to consider how your associations may be affecting you, not just on you know levels of behavior, but also on an emotional, psychological, and cellular level, okay? So first I wrote a note. The note is when you start spending time with other people, observe their behaviors, listen to their conversations, check their habits and practices. Who the hell are these people? And what kind of lives are they leading? If you don't have a ton of friends, this is a quote I heard from one of my friends, which she heard from her mother, which she heard from someone on TikTok or something. But the, the quote is, if you don't have a lot of friends, just remember a Ferrari has two seats, a bus has 30, <laughs> which I thought was cute. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the bus, okay, because the bus can, it can be a party bus, okay, it can be a really fun fucking bus. But I thought it was cute. So here are the questions. Who are the people you are drawn to? Who are the people who are drawn to you? And why are they drawn to you? 
what energy do they bring? What conversation do they bring? What's their idea of fun? What if you were to trade places with them for a month? How would you feel? Is this someone you admire? Are they competitive with you? Are they jealous of you? Do they have a high regard for you or not? What do you two talk about? Do your conversations sharpen you or dull you? Do they ask you about yourself or do they listen to you when you speak or not? Are their intentions genuine? Trust your gut on these questions. Are they fangirling you? Are you safe with this person? Are your secrets safe with this person? In other words, do they tell you other people's business? Because if they tell you other people's business, you already know what it is. Okay. Is there any accountability, motivation, or inspiration in this relationship? Do the conversations feed the drama monster in you? Are you feeding the part of you that derives sick pleasure from gossiping, girl-on-girl -girl violence, or even pleasure hearing your companion isn't doing better than you? Hello, somebody. Is this relationship a hell yes? Because if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Would you benefit from time apart from this person? Have you created a list of the kind of lover you desire? Have you created a list of the kind of lover you desire to be? Have you created a list for the kind of friends you desire? And have you created a list of the kind of friend you desire to be? And I'm going to leave you with this, especially for those of you who are ladies and who are interested in having more lady friends. I think it's really important to know what your purpose is before you really do anything. As witches, we really care about intention. And I think that we should carry that intention into our relationships and friendships in particular. And I want you to know that, <laughs> you know, this ain't gonna be news to y'all if y'all been paying attention, but some ladies are, some girls, some women, they are as shallow as anybody. There are some people who literally choose their friends based on what their friends look like. Not what they contribute, not who they are, not their character, not their interests, not their goals, not their wisdom, not admiration, but the way they look. They want to be surrounded by cute friends. Not smart friends, intelligent friends, successful friends, ambitious friends, cute friends. So, I mean, if that's your vibe, good luck to you. But if you're someone who really cares about your success, one of the most important things you can do for yourself is get around other successful people. Now, it just so happens that I'm going to be flying down to Houston on the 7th. And I'm so excited for this. If you would like to meet us in Houston, go to my page and leave me a comment, let me know, and I'll send you the information you need to attend the upcoming event for our business, our health and wellness, our wealth, consciousness, prosperity, consciousness, mastermind. 
I can't wait to see you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Bossy Bruja podcast. We're inspired by you and hope you are inspired along with us. To learn more about Ayadeli and to find more ways to live your best, most enchanted life, go to bossybruja.com, bossybruja.com, where you can read the blog, find prayers, invocations, and our witchcraft shop, where we have a carefully selected curation from books to abalone shells, crystals to smudges, and many delights in between. We are with you in this reawakening and are so glad you're here. Stay bossy, Bruja.